what's the most recent uh, Fargo disaster? And there had to be something like like recently. Uh, horrible. Flood of what? Oh nine. That would be the last big one. Yeah, flood of oh yeah. nine. There was kind of an o or not an o ten, but a ten one. But it wasn't as bad as oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when are you guys gonna get the point and just get the fuck out of Fargo? Clearly, we can't. It's a horrible place we, to it live. It snows too much, and we have shitty weather in the summertime. Well, no. See, the summertime. The summertime comes around, and we go. Oh wait. It is nice around here. Yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stick around here. I think this is the... I think if you look in the dictionary to Stockholm Syndrome, you'll see Fargonians. It says Fargo. Right next to it. <laughs> and don't forget all the murders and everything. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode 122 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. Over there is Danny. What's up? And we got Big G back at it again. Hey, hey. Uh, quick note with this as well. It has been official. Uh, Big G, uh, JB is taking a bit of a momentary hiatus, and Big G is filling in his shoes until uh, things get. It was pretty easy. My big toe fit in there. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yep. Now it's those keen astute listeners. You'll hear that there's somebody else on the line. All the way from the East Coast, we have <laughs> CEO of this weekend MTG Chapman. That's right, boy. Everyone, get get to work. Get to work. Get to work. Okay. We got to get to work. Let's jump into this right away. Thank you all for deciding to join us. It's greatly appreciated. We can't do this podcast without you listening. So big thank you to each and every one of you. And let's move to uh, the crazy thank yous to the patrons out there that think that this content that you are listening to or watching is worth putting money towards. Don't know why. It's greatly appreciated. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Uh, but so big thank you to Wade97, Chapman, D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, and newest addition to the This Week Magic Folk family, we have Christian. What's up? Woo! Christian! Welcome. Thank Who you needs a soundboard? We could just have him on all the time. That's right, boo! Chapman, the answer to Danny's prayers. <laughs> Honestly, though, why don't we get a soundboard and record all of Chapman doing this, and then it's like the CEO's always Danny here. Danny keeps blowing the cash on hookers and booze. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with any of the cash. That is all on the big guy. And it, that's it, not what JB said. Well, and, Chap- and you're listening Chapman, to the short one. I'm surprised he can even hear him. Well, maybe he, maybe he is on his level though. Ew. True. Good point. I can't imagine Chapman is the shortest JB. JB sounds like he's a foot and a half tall, so that can't be possible. Exactly. Here's the thing, though. Chapman's from the East Coast. You know they're small over there. No, because we don't have to deal with disasters every five minutes. (laughs) No, we're tall because we have to be able to see. We're tall because we have to see over the snowbanks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Snowbanks in the winter and all the tall prairie grass in the summer. Yep. Prairie uh, grass? And not to get blown over by the wind. Yeah. Yeah, got to be big enough. 
But if you wear a hat, that hat is gone. Because as soon as you get above a certain altitude, wind just comes, the wind stream, whoosh, gone. Out of here. But let's stay on track here because, again, big episode. <laughs> You're trying to stay on track. I think that's, yeah, that's give the back CEOs here. Right? So, if you guys want to support us, you can check out our Patreon page as well. We have two tiers right now, a $3 tier and a $10 tier. At the $3 tier, you get put into a monthly drawing for booster packs. This upcoming month in February, the booster packs are going to be set boosters of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. And then, at the $10 tier, you get put into a drawing for a card, that is an EDH card, that is valued around $15 to $20 to help. We're going to get that Acidian Grove, I swear, one of these times. Yeah, as soon as we get to 15 patrons, we're going to have three packs to give away right now. We're at the point of having two packs to give away. And as soon as we get to uh, 20 patrons, we're going to give two EDH cards away. So, uh, yes, and if you don't want to support us through Patreon, that's fine. We You listening is already good enough. But if you want playmats, we do have playmats for sale as well. They are super cool. They have our logo going across them, and they are 20 bucks. You hit any of us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on Discord, and be like, yo, I want this, and we'll ship it to you no matter what. We actually just shipped one to Germany. We have German listeners. Yay. A German listener for sure. Yay, German listeners. Vrigenschnegger and Vrigger. You know what they would say. Oh, man. We're right? going we're gonna, to we're gonna lose, <laughs> lose Christian now just on that alone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll ship Virginia, them leave. <laughs> And if you guys uh, don't... Uh, if you guys haven't heard yet, we also have an amazing sponsor called JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Let's hear an ad from them now. JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. And now... Oh, hey, now what's the episode going to look like? Now the episode... (laughs) The breakdown of this episode is we're going to jump over to the Boggle Desk, and Big G is going to give us some upcoming events and uh, event results from there. We're going to jump... We're going to pass the blog talk kind of a little bit this week. We're going to move it to a different part in the news section. And in the news section, oh boy, do we have a lot of stuff here. We got some BNRs. We got some de- uh, product delays. We got new product. We got more new product and more new product. You get a new That's product. A new you product. get a new product. Everyone look under s- your seats. You've all got new products yes, if you Oprah. put them in there yourselves because the we're not Oprah. Today. After the news section, we're going to jump to Conjured Currency, where we're going to talk about magic finance, and then we're going to move to the final section called the Thoughtcast now, where we're going to talk about... Uh, we didn't decide this before, but Absolutely I did put in, nothing. I did put, I did put the uh, Sheldon state of the format for EDH in here, because that article came out, and we'll see if we make it to that point. So, with that, we're going to jump over to Big G at the Boggle Desk here, with a Big G in the in the Boggle. And Did you change it to the big G G G E? 
Boggle with two yeah. G's. No, we had an idea last week. We're going to still call it the Boggle Desk, but anytime <laughs> I'm here, we're, it's going to be one of those flippable uh, desk tents where then when I'm here, the G in Boggle is capitalized, so then yep. it's, it's big a, G. A big G. They were thought they were so clever. They were laughing it up. It was awesome. We yeah, are it laughing it up. We think it's great. Hey, we thought it was hilarious last week, and so did all the live Hilarious. Okay. Why don't you just calm down there, big cheese, okay? So, <laughs> I think, honestly, though, the event results, I think, is actually going to be geared a little bit towards uh, a little bit towards map talking today because Ooh. I don't have a salt report. I wasn't at Thursday night. And I was not able to jump on Sunday night. So I think this is mostly you this time, Matt. Oh, yeah. That's just very important. We, there was a couple uh, modern events. Uh, not going to cover that this week. But, uh, yes, for the Salt Report section, uh, just going to quickly mention about Thursday. I got to play Judge's Tower for the first time ever. And that was super fun. Yeah. So uh, to those that don't know, Judge's Tower is a uh, special format where there are, oh God, what? 200 something cards in a single deck that have like crazy rules interaction and how the game goes is you have infinite mana infinite life and you have to take a game action whenever you're allowed to with whatever cards and stuff that you got so if you play a land you have to tap it right away if you don't do that that's a game's rule violation and you automatically lose and so you just Mm. keep going along to see who can do the most uh follow the most rules and you lose if you break one of the rules and someone catches you on it and stuff so it's super fun super intense it really flexes your uh your knowledge of uh magic uh whether it be on how to cast a spell the turns and phases if you draw if you have an instant you have to cast it then and there like as soon as you draw it kind of a thing you go in order you get to choose the order and stuff but it's really intense i highly recommend everybody if you have a chance to play judge's tower check it out if you are uh, a magic rules nerd of sorts uh any judge will love this game and so so yeah play that it was very enjoyable where do you play that uh played that at j-dubs on thursday yeah i went there for some edh and i know those edh games turned out extremely well but my mind is blank on how that turned out oh my god reddit says uh format for judges and people who hate themselves (laughs) (laughs) is that what it says (laughs) what it says (laughs) Sounds thrilling, Matt. Tell us more. <laughs> it was great. It was 100% great. Not going to lie. But uh, so for that Thursday, I did know, uh, I do remember that I played with uh, Noah from the Discord. He was there. And one of his decks that he played was Vral the Hullclad. And one of our friends, uh, Zach, was also up there. And he was playing a blue deck. And Noah and Zach got into a counter war <laughs> spell <laughs> that uh, had tw- twice, twice, uh, Noah goes to push a spell Zach counters it, then uh, Noah counters it, but then Zach comes in with a counter again and stuff. Oh. So uh, there's a couple instances of that. And Noah was like, what? Oh, and this is the other thing. This is why that meme got made. I, I posted on Instagram is Zach is like old school magic a little bit. And he had a choir in his deck and he acquired Noah's Blightsteel Colossus. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was great. That's that's 2013 magic right there, folks. I got killed plenty of times back in the day with my own Blightsteel because my buddy Gavin always had a an, an acquire in his. Why deck. do you keep moving your feet away from me? I just want to play footsie with you, Danny. <laughs> One part on Thursday night that I can't add to is uh, Matt is a sneaky sob. Oh, 
No. Everybody knows that. He had a, he had an energy drink just happened to be in his Drecker cooler. I did. I did. Uh, quote unquote energy drink for those that can't quote, read unquote. between the lines. I did have a Drecker uh, can koozie. A Drecker can koozie with, I guess maybe a Drecker can in there. <laughs> the I'll world may just never know. The world may never know. Never know. But yes, and then we had on Sunday. So last night. Last night. <laughs> well, this is partly too for the people that listen to the recorded version. Danny, oh, calm shit. your Monday? shit. Fine. Calm your shit. Sunday night. We had uh, from the Discord. If you guys haven't joined the Discord, it's pretty it's pretty chill there. We talk magic. Yeah, join the app Discord already. God damn it. Yeah, you get Chapman coming in there and just telling you it's like, hey, thank you for joining the Discord. Yo. Yeah. All this stuff. Thanks a lot, jerks. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. He makes fun of my secondary jobs. You know, there's that too. And then you can also make fun of Big G's secondary jobs if you join the Discord. Links like uh, below. But on Sunday, played some uh, webcam EDH with a uh, new patron member, Christian, and then played with uh, patron member Amu as well, and Danny. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, look at you. Yeah. So uh, one of the key takeaways from that night, Force Fruition is a great card. Primal Surge is. is a great card, but it's not great against a Force Fruition. Because I put out like, I don't know, 40-something permanents onto the battlefield with my Abzan deck. That's a lot of permanents. That's a lot of permanents for 10 mana. <laughs> He got to play with every single card in his deck that game. Almost every single card. Like my graveyard <laughs> at the end was like twenty cards, and my hand was seven. So Christian on the Discord is going, "Yeah, that was a great game." It was Christian. I uh, I forgot to grab uh, my one creature that would have stopped you because <laughs> I have so I have uh, celestial. Um, What's it called? Pull it up. Well, I was looking for that. To give you a lowdown of what everybody was playing is uh, we had Christian who was playing a uh, OG Miri, the Forest Walk, uh, Forest Walk Vigilance one, and then <laughs> I was playing uh, Abzan Infect with Kamal Hardacrosa and Ravos Soultender as a partner pair, and then Amu was playing his eight and a half tails <laughs> mono white deck, and Danny comes in with his. Kenrith, the returned group hug deck. He loves hugging. That's for sure. Sir Robin Hood of Nottingham. It's his name. It's the the deck that Danny loves the most right now. Um, We are men. We're men in tights. Anyway. Men tights. Tight tights. There we go. Tight tights. Oh my God. Keep it going. Keep it rolling. (sighs) Well, we're keeping the episode going. Oh, it's Blazing Archon. Blazing Archon. Would have stopped Christian. Christian's unstoppable. We all know that. Dude, yeah, no, Christian, Christian was going straight up Miri Voltron, and like he could have killed me before I even cast the Primal Surge, but he thought he'd be nice because be Danny gave us double mana with a mana flare. You're welcome. Force fruition, and Christian's You're like, uh, Christian was like, I'm in a good position. I'll let everybody at least have one turn with all this stuff, and then I get to my turn and put down 40 permanents with uh, Primal Surge. Amu had. A blind obedience to all my creatures into the battlefield tapped, Jesus. unfortunately, and artifacts and artifacts. Jesus. So that was the harshest thing about that. And then fucking Christian and the goddamn clutch. I go to swing lethal on that turn because I was able to pump up everything just enough that I had untapped. And he comes in with a fog, a fog effect. Ugh. Thanks a lot, Christian. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was well played, Ooh. but uh, not salty. Very much enjoyed that game. 
Wow. And you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, no, no. What so I got to the I point of the game where I had uh, I had to discard a blight steel to have one card on my deck to just like try and live another turn because any spell you'd cast, you draw seven cards before fruition. And so I was in a precarious spot where I couldn't cast a spell or I would die. But then Danny just made me draw a card anyway because he had Mirko, the Seagate or whatever. The I didn't make I didn't make you top deck. You top decked yourself. I did. I did. I did to myself with Prime. I just made sure you top decked yourself. Tis beautiful. Tis very beautiful. Yep. Anything else about Sunday's game? No, it was very fun. That was a good deal. Matt lost. I did lose. Worst (laughs) game ever. I was I was the first one out. I lost to getting decked, and then Emil was out right afterwards. Yeah, Emil he, he, he decked a, himself too. Yeah, he cast a spell, <laughs> didn't realize how many cards he had left in his deck because of force fruition, and then it comes to Danny's turn, and Danny didn't do nothing, and then I did a lot of things. I just grabbed the wrong card. Christian comes in and just like cat slaps your ass again. I did everything right. I just Excuses. grabbed the wrong card. Excuses. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Big G. <laughs> so there's the oh, salt. Shit. Wow, that was a, that was the transition apparently. So the, yeah, Sorry, exactly. salt let's him. go. Man, he's keeping Danny. CEO's trying to take over your job now. That's yeah, he's fine. He's done me very well. His ways of persuasion and yelling. I just come here <laughs> for just, the beer. Just come here to drink beer and get away from the house for a while. Yep. Holy All shit! All on the company we, card. We are the reason he's. Holy <laughs> shit. All right, well, for you arena players, we've got some arena open events coming up. So what I'm going to do here is just kind of do the some of the bigger things that are coming up, and I'll go a little bit more into a schedule for you. So Arena Cube is happening now, and it is here until Thursday, January 20th. Remember that the Mad Science event for uh, the Innistrad Crimson Vow Eternal Night card styles that you can win starts up on Friday and then just like, nope. hey, I'm, I'm already playing that. That's there's a certain right on now. Yep. God damn it. This is yeah. an old link. You son of a. I didn't. Real great. You're man. supposed to be reading these, aren't you? I'm sir? sorry. I channeled my JB when it like Did. officially he handed me his little torch and it came with the inability to read the links ahead of time. <laughs> so this start. So with, and the inability to put uh, links in already for your section. Uh, excuse me, sir. I put one link in, and we'll talk about it in the news. We'll talk about it in the news, but you didn't put anything for the boggle desk. <laughs> no, I didn't. Kid. <laughs> I completely wow. spaced. Holy crap! As soon as you become, as soon as you become JB's position, you just become JB. It's the oh, desk. Oh my god! It's the wait, desk. Wait, Don't worry about it. JB too. Wait, guys, guys. No. Do I look shorter to you? Yes. It's a very Super short. Bitch. Extremely short. Johnny, sit down already. All right. Anyway, starting. This Friday, not last Friday, is the double feature draft. This will be the double feature of blending both Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow together. You can score yourself a Dracula-style card if you don't already own one for each entry. And then scrolling down. So we've got an upcoming arena open schedule. On February 26th through the 27th, we have Kamigawa Neon Neon Dynasty Limited. Day one is sealed. Day two is draft. And then jumping ahead to April already for this open arena schedule, we've got April 16th through the 17th, we've got ourselves a historic event. All right. 
And then we're already past that qualifier week, and we're already past that qualifier week. Bye. The, the Arena Cube traditional draft, but from January 21st to February 1st is when the Mad Science event is. So that format is Alchemy with Special Gameplay Emblem, and it will be the rewarding those Eternal Knight-style cards. And then January 28th through February 10th, we will be able to do the double feature draft. And then remember to get your gameplay in because on the 31st, that is when, the, is when the January 2022 rank season ends at midnight Pacific time. And for a breakdown... Jesus Christ, he's worse than <laughs> us sometimes. He fits right in. I know. That's why he's CEO. I, f- I feel like he should be right here, though, helping us get off task. So we person. can touch? So we can hold hands? I Maybe, just, you know, a little. I just, I wanted to put my foot up in between them legs. Touching yo, you. See what you're working with. Touching yeah. me. Keep going. No, we can't. We're not allowed yeah, to. Copyrights and crap. It's you not should even know copyrights. That- this is dangerous for us. You should know. You should know better, Mister CEO. Don't you know all the Who's rules? Who's gonna know better? Eh? Oh, jeez, you got all Irish oh, on us there. Oh my God! Oof! Ah. Oof! Duh. Well then, but if you want a breakdown of what your rewards look like, make sure to go ahead and look at the link in our show notes. And we're I sk- definitely won that um that one uh arena thing three times in a row. Where we get the card styles? Did you really now? Oh yeah, I did three buddy. times in a row. But the fucked up part is I don't have half the cards, so I can't use the styles. <laughs> oh, that's even worse, man. Okay, so Pissed. so when you were drafting, what was uh, your your de- your deck that you uh, drafted there with double feature? So I figured it out. It's a it's a red white essentially aggro equipment thing. You keep putting that one drop red guy out that you whenever he dies he deals his toughness or whatever it is power to whatever you want. Oh yep yep yep. So they don't want to kill the fucking guy. And essentially, I just started mauling the Skyclaven. So, you know, they're like, well, well you are, he kills me or I kill that and then he kills me. So, you know, and that, it's that, very that, funny. That one drop, is that is that common or an uncommon? Ah, shit. I don't know. It's a red uh, goblin something. Yeah, yeah. Flame, flame, no, flame charge? Flame. It's one drop, one, one. I'm, spa- I'm blanking yeah. right now. A red one drop, one, one from a recent set. No, I'm not Zendikar Rising. Attention. Came out in Zendikar Rising. Shocking. Yep. But yeah, you but, just yeah. Like, it dies and you just get to bolt something essentially yep. a lot of time. Deal its damage yep. when it dies, which is really good. I'm pretty right. sure it's at So I keep uncommon. pumping him up and then boom. So. Well. And that, that was it. And was that the only deck that you drafted pretty much all three times? Oh yeah. No, no, because you could bring your own, you could submit your own. You didn't have to draft it. Um, oh, okay, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Swallow the red guy. Pass, Jesus, dude. Stop holding on to it. Wrong tube. That's what she said. Yeah, that's what they all say. That's a wrong hole, sir. Not the wrong tube. Wrong she bu- said both of them. Wrong butthole. Bunghole. Bunghole's right there, though. Yeah, I know, which makes it even worse. I choked on the beer. Das beer hole. That's what you call it nowadays. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it in school? <laughs> no, the kids call it something else. Womp, womp, womp. All right, let's keep going. <coughs> Duh, news. <laughs> Everybody done coughing here? Should we all just have like a good <laughs> coughing fit? Jesus, big G. Let's puff off fast. Take your turn, big bro. G. Yes, let's drink the thing that almost killed us. That's how you get away <laughs> from the coughs. 
It's a, a perfect Fargo example. It doesn't learn his lesson. He <laughs> keeps on doing it. Hey, my liver can take it. You just calm down over there, East Coast. <laughs> so, to begin the news section this week, we got a BNR announcement that came to us through the weekly MTG stream with break, a bl- break, Blake Rathenson. Uh This band only takes place in popper format for now. More on that in a second. Um, it comes on the heels of the popper format panel, or known as PFP, getting created last week. To a reminder you know what PFP? Yeah, you know me. PFP, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this uh, is why you're CEO, Chapman. I reminded Holy of those. Shit. Hold on, hold on. I just got to address the fact. If I would have done this, <laughs> Danny would have been extremely pissed at me. So just, I would have. Just bask in this, Chapman. Just bask in this. I, that. I think because, part of I think Because part you're of right is. here, and I can hit you. He's thousands of miles away, and I can't do anything to him. I think the other part, too, though, Matt, is you get this, this glint in your eye of, I'm going to fuck with Danny right now. <laughs> And he sees it in the reflection back here, whereas, you know, with Chapman over the over the airwaves, he can't see that glint. I, I couldn't see, see it coming it. during my section either. He fucked with me too. Ah, <laughs> I'm a ghost. And that's not even talking about the time he fucked me. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> anyway, back on topic. <laughs> and uh, you. See, I can't even pull his cord. <laughs> I literally can't shut him up. <laughs> I can't mute him. Ch- Dan Chapman's I, I over there. No mute for you. Chapman's over there. Can't stop, won't stop, can't stop, won't stop. I'm going to fuck with Danny even more. <laughs> Ultimate power. Ultimate All right, power. Danny, are we going to get this going? Yeah, yeah, what's going on here? Come on. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me back up <laughs> this. Damn it. Didn't, didn't allow me to mute him on Discord. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> you will never mute me. The all-powerful. <laughs> so, uh, again, a reminder to those who... Uh, don't know what PFP is, is the group of well-known popper players who discuss a popper format with the intent of maintaining the health of the format and doing it in a timely manner via bands and unbands. So in the popper format, um, a tog, a profit prism, and bonders ornament are banned. A tog was a card that was run in Infinity, which was twice as popular as the next popular deck, Tron. But because of how a tog played in the affinity list by getting pumped up big and getting flinged early in the matches. It was deemed too much for popper. The next two bands were targeted at Tron specifically. Tron may have been second favorite from affinity, but it put a higher win rate than affinity bonders ornament makes the deck run, never run out of gas due to the drawability of it. The final band for Tron was prophetic prism the reason for this is due to giving Tron no issues with access to colors. To those who aren't aware of the popper Tron list, it's a five-color list. There was a comparison of Prophetic Prism to Archon's Astrolabe as the reason for the banning. For more in-depth explanation of these bands, go click the link in the show notes to read the full write-up with more information. Never. Yeah, Gavin Verry goes don't very well in depth about that as well. And he has a video, so if you don't want to read, you can watch his Good Morning Magic video. Thank you. You know I can't read, so thank you. <laughs> yes, Gavin Verry, gotcha. <laughs> the Gavster. 
So in the same weekly MTG live stream, uh, live stream, Blake mentions that there will be a BNR announcement on Tuesday, the 25th, for two other formats. Uh, the reason for the Popper one that happened on Friday was just to highlight Popper itself, the format, and the PFP. So to those listening live right now on uh, Twitter, on Twitch or YouTube, check in again with us tomorrow for the the official BNR. But to those that are listening to the podcast on Tuesday when it drops through the power of editing, here's the BNR update. And through the magical power of editing, here I am with the banned and restricted update that happened today, January twenty fifth. We got a few. A few bannings here. Starting off in standard, we have All Runs Epiphany banned, Divide by Zero banned, and Faceless Haven banned. Those have moved to banned because uh, Blue Red Epiphany and other control decks love Divide by Zero and All Runs Epiphany, and Mono White and Mono Green Aggro are extremely pre prevalent in the standard format. Now, quickly moving over to Legacy, we have Regavan Nimble Pilferer. It is banned. The reason for this is because in in Legacy, you have free counter spells to help protect it up if you drop it on turn one through Days and Force of Will, and that just seems to be too good of a pair with Regavan. So Blue Red Delver decks has a really high win rate uh, of around over fifty six percent in non mirror matches. Pretty significant, and that does definitely skirt the line of where Wizards wants to look to ban a card. Now. We got a couple historic bans and rebalances. First up in historic, we have Memory Lapse. It has been fully banned. It's been moved from suspension to banned. And that's the blue one instant counterspell. If the spell is countered this way, put it on top of its owner's library instead of their graveyard. Then there has been an update to Teferi Time Raveler. It has been rebalanced and unbanned in historic, which... Is kind of crazy. The rebalance of Teferi comes in as as a four mana. Your opponents can't spell, cast spells during your turn, and it has a plus one of until your next turn. Cast you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash, and then neg three return up to one target artifact or creature or enchantment to its owner's hand, then draw a card. So they changed the static ability to they just can't cast spells on your turn, and they made it cost one more mana. So. And then there's a whole list of cards in Historic that have been rebalanced. Uh, Hullbreaker Horror is one of them. It no longer has the text of uh, can't be countered. The spell can't be countered. Then there's Fearsome Whelp. Divide by Zero got readjusted. And then there are some other uh, buffs and nerfs. Full link down below to those. But that as of now, is your banned and restricted update. Nothing in modern. Surprising? Yeah, probably a little bit of people. I thought people were would, would probably have expected Regavan to be banned or Urza Saga. But there it is. There you have it. The Tuesday, January 25th, banned and restricted. Now back to your normal scheduled This Week in MTG episode. But you know what? The next little bit of information came from the weekly MTG live stream and updated, gave us an update on Unfinity release date. Unfortunately, COVID strikes again, causing supply trains issues saying, for, un for Unfinity to no longer be getting released on April 1st this year. 
Real to an happy. undisclosed date of quarter two of 2022. This is only affecting Unfinity and no other products. Yeah. Well, that's that's very <clears throat> surprising. It is a little bit. I'm a, I'm it's really upset how that garbage it was. No one wanted it. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's all because of the acorn is what it is. There's so much good stuff yeah. in there. That More complaining is what it is. <laughs> well, anyway, Blake also did touch on a certain topic in the same live stream. It seems like it, we're just covering this week in live stream. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of information that came out in this live stream. It will get linked below. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to watch that, it is definitely worth the watch. Yeah. But we're going to cover everything here that's uh, of relevance. Exactly. Um, so Blake did bring up the topic of his arena economy stream. And this economy stream has was supposed to cover how much the arena com- economy is functioning and other topics, but Blake said it will likely be discussed on a weekly MTG stream after Kamigawa. Yeah, so apparently he like tweeted out uh, a few weeks ago where they're like, we're going to cover the arena economy, which is something that Magic players drastically want. And then it just kind of got pushed off for like three, four weeks, and Blake finally addresses it here, so... Uh, keep an eye out for that because that's going to be an interesting topic for sure. Uh, hey, there is no arena economy. There's, you can't trade or anything. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the fact that they're oh, coming they up want this, to? Why? So they can complain about it when they do? <laughs> but so they can break arena. Well, maybe this is going to be good. Like if they're going to address the economy, be like, hey, because of all this stuff, you know, more things are going to be coming to arena to where maybe you can actually dust. Or maybe you can not Us? have to spend a crap ton of money to get wild cards and stuff. It is annoying. Uh, what my main takeaway right now is, I think Chapman hears a lot of complaining on the East Coast, especially. That's all we us East Coasters do: constant okay. complaining. So with the uh, not enough salad, too much salad. Where's the salad? <laughs> Who brought the salad? I don't know where the salad is. The salad you was know? lost in the fire. Yeah. So well, inside, obviously. <laughs> Okay, anyway, next oh, up. Moving on. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. Hold on, hold on. Before we move on. Just which, shut up. Jesus. Um, Holy crap, how many shots was that? Five. Shot, a lot. So with, uh, there's a, a Yu-Gi-Oh game that just got dropped on the Switch, Master Duelist, and apparently its economy is a lot better because you can actually dust cards and stuff on there, and you can get like top-tier decks pretty easily. Have not looked much into it. Mew mentioned it to me on Sunday. That Mew. was a thing. And uh, yeah, just seeing a couple tw- tweets on Twitter where people are talking about this is a lot uh, a lot nicer than the arena economy. So come on, Magic. Yu-Gi-Oh is doing better than you. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh sucks. How anyway. How dare you, sir? You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> you shut your dirty whore mouth. Are you on the Yu-Gi-Oh train? No, Yu-Gi-Oh sucks. Then why are you telling him to shut up? But I can't say it sucks. Because you're saying Yu-Gi-Oh's doing better. How dare you? Yeah, oh, dare you're telling me to shut yeah, up. I'm telling you oh, to shut up. You. Oh, okay. I hey. looked right at you and told you to shut your damn dirty whore mouth. Yeah. Here, yeah. I thought you were talking to Chapman because Chapman was speaking. It's like what? you can't look at Impossible. Chapman's eye. Well, and that's the thing. I can't see him in the eye, so I don't know if he's actually talking or his mouth's open. I'm always in your eyes and your heart. Are we you know done that. with this Midwest co- conflict, please? Thank you. Okay, Danny. Okay. Continue. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Uh, also from this live stream still uh, the next line of Secret Lair Astrology Lane cards Aquarius got previewed from artist Gian um, D'Angelo or (laughs) D'Angelo wow I can't say words 
Words um, are hard. They are. Uh, these islands are done in the same style as the Capricorn ones. The pricing of these Aquarius lands go as follows. For non-foil, you get five islands for twenty nine ninety nine. For five traditional foils, you get get them for forty bucks. Watsi is offering a bundle for these as well. The prices are one hundred nineteen dollars for twenty five non-foil or one hundred sixty for twenty five traditional foils. Oh, the same card. Um, yep. If yeah, you'd like the to see card. these all, uh, art, click link in the show notes below. The art is actually better than the I Capcorn. D- I did like this one a lot better. But, but it looks... I don't know why they did it the way they did it. They made it look like a dual land for oh, art. It's split. Like yeah. it's red on top of the well, it, Yeah, it's, it's that whole there's more underneath the surface type of a thing. So I, I wish they would have just gone a different color. Yeah, I can see what rather you mean on than that one. what they went with. Because if if it's quickly looking at it, it's like, hey, it's a full art dual land, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I see it as just an island. When you first see it, all I saw right away was red. There, there's a line that's splitting it horizontally. That there. is why it looks like a dual land. Correct. Not a basic Am island. I the odd man out You then? are the odd man out on this one, I think, oh, man. Sad. I don't even know what we're talking about. So, oh, you know. Well, well open chance. your ears, stop your talking, and drink some beer, and then you'll understand. No, so, no, tell so me Chapman, oh, no, Chapman the, most, the most recent secret layer that came out for the astrology series, the top half is red, and then oh, the bottom serious? half is blue. Yep. And it's a it's a mountain in the background is what it looks like. So the red piece you see the mountain a lot more, but then under the water is the is the city, and stuff. So what Danny's saying is like quick glance you didn't even look at it, type of a thing. It really does. It looks like it could be some kind of red blue dual land. Yep. So I don't. Oh, I'm on their site. It doesn't actually have it on here yet. It should be on there. You can go to Mythic There's Spoiler and Astrology Lands. It's all the same effing card. It looks like some weird tree thing. The Capricorn one, yeah. That's Capricorn. I just, who would buy this crap? It's all the same effing land. Yep. Well, this is the thing. It's like everybody wants something else, and there are definitely people out there that want. Just wait for the last of it, and then just buy a whole big going to buy it. I just said, who the F would buy it? There's so many Magic players. That's As JB would say, whales. I don't even know of whales like i don't know how i imagine that there's some sort of like close link between like some people who are very into astrology and uh being a magic player that maybe no, this, this is, is like, for bozos is what this is for <laughs> this, this I mean, is for bozos don't get me wrong i'm definitely on the same uh the same side of like they're selling basic lands for a ridiculous markup price like you're getting and- <laughs> and I mean, we've talked about this one in the past. I'm the, ho- ba- the whole upcharging for basic lands things. I don't really like the only ones I could mildly get behind, in my opinion, was the Bob Ross ones. Yeah, but the Bob Ross ones are selling for like two, three bucks still. Yeah. Oh and my you- god, I can't wait! To- I like see a couple of secret layers coming. I'm just like, but these are garbage. Sorry. People wait. will buy them. This is not a this is not a secret layer for me. I'm waiting for that Metal Gear Solid one. Still waiting that that's going to get announced. Oh yeah. Oh, I just got. They just told me a debit the other day. Dope. So like four of them. So I'm excited. Hey Matt, what's next? Yeah, I was about to say. Talk about that double feature, yo. And the final bit of news from the weekly MTG live stream <coughs> is a reminder of the Innistrad double feature gets released this week paper on the 28th at an LGS near you. 
Uh, double feature is a special set that combines cards from both Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow, done in a special silver screen border. Double feature is only going to be done in draft boosters, and each booster will have two rare and or mythics, uh, one from Crimson Vow and one from Midnight Hunt. So check with your LGS to see if they'll be having any supply of this or if they will be booing, booing if they'll be doing booster drafts with double feature. I'll let you know how it goes. So are you going to be going to that this this weekend? Dude, then? I'm going. I am psyched. All right. So y- you are definitely the the bigger drafter out of all of us here. Uh, your time drafting Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunts. Do you think this is going to be like a fun environment? Oh my god, this is going to be so awesome. Those two sets are like literally go fantastically together. We'll see how the draft turns out. But I, I I've been waiting for this draft for like a month and a half. I am perfectly. Like those sets are made for each other in drafts. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. I do know that a lot of people online have been like praising how good Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow draft has been, but yet there are people that are like been poo pooing on Double Feature, and primarily I think it's just because of this, the 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 art for them that is the silver screen, the the black and white. Yeah, they're just reselling the same cards, is what everyone's upset about. But like drafting is fine, but yeah, they're just basically just like those stupid lands are selling. They're just selling us cards we already bought. <laughs> oh, but we're right. gonna buy them because we're bozos. Deep cut, deep cut. But at least these have a little more functionality. Well, I mean, you can put right, lands right. in you put lands in every deck. So I mean, right. maybe the 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 secret layers do have a functionality. I'm not gonna be upset when you buy it. I'm just saying they're ridiculous. But here we go. Next in the news, we've got a, a quick reminder that the Commander <laughs> Collection Black Series is hitting the shelves this Friday at all WPN stores. And remember, there are two types of versions to this. The regular one has all non-foils. Found at every WPN stores. While the premium stores get the regular and the foil version, the regular version will be retailing for around $75 US dollars, that is, while the premium will be retailing for about $160. Do we want to do a review of what's in it again? Okay, so you're going to be getting new art for Gullcaller Gissa, Ophamaster, Jesus, Ophiamancer. Thank you. Uh, words are hard. Phyrexian Arena, Reanimate, Toxic Deluge, a black styling for Soul Ring and Command Tower, and then new version of Liliana Heretic Healer, and that infamous Snake 1-1 Death Touch token. That Ophiomancer makes, but there has not been a token of it. Yep. So that, that I think a lot of people are going to be going after it. A lot for the new art, but then that token is going to be a big thing too. Oh, so. for sure. There's only one token in here, so you imagine that you can imagine that that's going to fetch a, a pretty penny on the the secondary markets when that starts to come out, because you know people are going to buy them and be like, "This is they're only printing one per box of this thing." And then when you get the the premium one, the the foil one, that's going to be even more money. <laughs> but oh, um, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Whoa! <laughs> Chapman, how do you feel about something like the uh, the, the Commander Collections? You, you draft more. Are you a Commander fan at all? I haven't been able to figure it out, but I'm excited about that Commander uh, Black thing, whatever you call it. Are you going to be picking it up then, or are you just going to like... Oh, I'm just going to pick it up just to sell it. I don't, I'm not going to really like... Just to like keep it. But yeah, gotcha, gotcha. It's going to be a great financial product. I'm like, just going to... You buy it, and you're going to be able to probably double your money. Oh, easily. But using it, probably not. I don't know. I think I am going to pick this one up on Friday on my way home um, from J-Dub. So I got to message Josh to yeah, we, see if he can set one aside for me since I get done with work later in the day. So We, we covered this last week where it's like almost all the cards already in your deck. 
They are. And and that's the other thing too is just like um for those of you who don't know my Liliana deck, my daughter's name is Liliana. Um I joke that it is because of the card. I would but, assume so. Well, it actually it's a uh the quick version of the story is it's a combination. Her full name is a combination of her great grandma, her great grandma, and her great great grandma. So um That's my, really Grammy. Well, actually it is. So the way it happened is I was doing my typical nerd thing and just going through a bunch of nerd names when when we found out it was a girl dealing with comic books or magic or all other things I have interest in. And I swear that I said Liliana. And then like three weeks later, my wife came to me with the idea of combining all the names going, we should call it Liliana. I just, I didn't have the heart to go. No, you stole that from me. How dare you? It's, it's a magic card. No, don't do it. So I didn't say anything. And then my best friend who, you know, best man at my wedding, my daughter's godfather, been playing magic with him since I started. Oh yeah, man. Um, did you want to trade me that Liliana of the veil? Uh. One night, and we hadn't told people a name, obviously. We waited until she was born. And then all of a sudden, she he leaves. You told him? Told him what? Thinking she just ignored it, because anytime we talk about magic, she tunes out. Nope, she tuned right in for that piece. You told him the name? No, no. Um, well, I suppose I should probably tell you now. Um, that's a magic card name. Show, her immediate response, show me the card. <laughs> well, I'm like, well, which one? There are multiple. This is like one of the main characters. Show me all of the arts on the card. Okay. And she goes, yes, dude, this is the short version. Chapman, this actually is. Um, but yeah, so she got mad at me, and then she goes, well, it's too late to change the name. I already like it, so there we go. But yeah, so I made the deck. Based off of her, so it's a Liliana tribal deck, but it also has like that zombie sub theme because Liliana has her own zombie sub theme. So there we go. Yeah, boom. So yeah, I'll be picking it up. Well, worth the seventy five at that point. Yeah, and I'm not picking up the foil version. That's a little bit outside of my price range because I didn't do enough at my moonlighting job, as Chapman would say. He's rich. Hey, we got any uh, Kamigawa news? That's Are you guys done shit talking? You're missing. You're missing the. The date part there, sir. You're still red. You know what, sir? Shut up. <laughs> Drink. Shut up. So, uh, now for some Kawagama Neon Dynasty news. Um, let's go over the important dates to keep in mind. This week will be the final run of the Neon Dynasty stories over on the Wizards website. On the 27th, there will be a debut video premiere, followed by the start of official previews. Previews will be going on through February 4th, when the full gallery will be up on February 7th. The Commander deck previews start and will be done on the next day. February 10th is Arena and uh, Moto release. Pre-release weekend is the 11th through the 12th, so check with the LGS to see if they're hosting an event with the full worldwide release happening the 18th. Now for the good stuff. Yeah, I remember how we said Blogatog wasn't happening right away. Uh, when this is my up. section, Matt. Shut up. We're now we're now at the Blogatog again. Yes. Now for Mark's infamous Blogatog for the pre-spoiler spoilers, um, or hints. So 
Going off blog talk, before the previews of Kawagama Neon Dynasty officially begin, I thought it'd be fun to do another of my Duelist style teasers where I give tiny hints of things to come. Note that I'm only giving you partial information. First up, here's some things you can expect. Uh, we have two different pairings of creature types getting tribally connected. We have a black instant with destroy target creature or planeswalker that can be cast for two mana. We have a popular legendary creature from Champions of Kawagama block returns in a new form. We have an unnamed mechanic that cares about you having two things that magic has been since its beginning. Big Jesus going crazy. Sorry, I'm trying to find this. Uh, Christian's in, in the chat going, what's in the brown bag? How dare you, Christensen? Like, Don't you so I'm, that try, bag. I'm trying to find the brown bag no he's talking what's about in brown. this room. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we have a uh, finish of a five-card cycle many years in the making. One of Tamio, uh, Tamio's children gets a legendary creature card. A new creature token with an ability not seen before on a card. Two popular cycles from Champions of Kawagama block return each with a new twist. A creature that makes a legendary frog creature token. Frog. Uh, and then two new Yamazakis. Next, here are some rules rules text that will be showing up on cards. You may cast target enchantment card from your graveyard this turn. Boggles is happy with this, probably. Where, Pending. Where X is the number of times this ability has resolved this turn. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. I like this. I like this. Um, the first activated ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two less to activate. Dude, Mindslaver is now four to activate. <laughs> then repeat this process for an enchantment and a planeswalker. You may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with the chosen card. Allies, allies. Uh, you may tap any number of untapped creatures you control. The legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Sounds like a solid enchantment. The ability triggers an additional time. If it is dealt 10 or more damage to a player this turn, they lose the game. That one's going to be bonkers. That's a white spell. Well, White's got to have something to catch up. Right. Finally, here's some creature type uh, type lines in the set. We have creature fox pilot. Do a barrel roll. Shut we'll up, talk about man. that later. <laughs> creature turtle ninja. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. <laughs> we <laughs> so waiting for that. <laughs> We have Creature Moonfolk Samurai. Next, we have Artifact Creature Goblin Artifactor. We have an Artifact Creature Org Warrior. Enchantment Creature Rat Rogue. Master Splinter. Rat Rogue. Uh, Enchantment Creature Egg. Then we have Legendary, legendary Creature Kieran Spirit. Legendary Creature Goblin Samurai. 
Lastly, we have legendary enchantment creature, Snake Druid. Is this Steve's older brother? Probably. Or younger brother? Both. No, it's it's his whatever older great 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 grandson. Steve. So Steve the twelfth. Anyway, read the story below the cards. The mechanics debut on daily MTG January twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. Then step into the shining city with our debut January twenty seventh, nine AM Pacific time on our official YouTube and Twitch channels. So yeah. Uh, before we jump into our perspectives on this teaser here, I did put out uh, a call out on the internets, on our socials, to see what people had to say about their own perspectives the of what some of these meant. And we had a person from the JDubs community mention saying, I hope that the returning legendary creature in a new form he mentions in the beginning of it is where it's the legendary creature Goblin Samurai he mentions towards the end uh, because then it's. Uh, then it's the homie Kiki Jiki, so we're gonna have oh, a goblin, legendary shit. goblin samurai Kiki Jiki. Huh. That's a new form. It would be. It'd be interesting. And oh, I sp- well, it doesn't say spirit on there, but I would almost think it somehow it has would have to be like a spirit of some sort. But unless uh, they, their patron of the mountains and stuff, were just like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking get you. You live forever, dear bud. <laughs> Chap- Chapman's gone now. He said he had to. He had to peel out. Peace. That's why it's gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it only took him until the blogger talk to get quiet. Right. Uh, I would. Uh, I was. I was definitely excited to hear what Chapman had to say about the these teasers. I bet he had some great ideas. We'll have to bug him up on the Discord. Fuck yeah, we will. All of you join the Discord as well, so that way you can see when we do that. Hell yeah. I don't know. I think this is gonna be a. I'm. I have been and I am still excited for the Kamigawa thing and I always love the teaser because then you can kind of go, okay, that's been that's been covered. That's been covered. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is this then? What is this still? Um, and where is it at? The one that I am excited for. Somebody else go. I'll find what I'm excited for. So with the, the second one where it's a black instant that destroys target creature or planeswalker that be, that can be cast for two mana, that one is definitely going to have a super high restriction to it. I'm going to I'm gonna take a, a stab in the dark here and say it's going to be like a typical mana value of five, and then it gets reduced by three mana if you met some sort of condition, whether that be of having five enchantments out on the battlefield or whatever. Or, or... Let's see. What, what, what's a cost reduction thing that happened? Oh, maybe if it's like a uh, a rat, like the the rat offerings and stuff, where you sack a creature to reduce the cost. So maybe there's like sack a rat, and then you pay two mana for this. Okay, so the one that I'm I'm obviously going to be excited for the legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control because of my coma deck. Yep, yep, yep. So another another I'm going to have a bunch of the same legendary that does awesome things mm-hmm. thing is going to come out. I'm interested to see where this uh, you may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with the chosen card goes because I don't know. I feel like it's going to be it's I don't know. May sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with the chosen card. So if you sack a creature, you may choose you may sacrifice a permanent that shares with the chosen card. So, I mean, this would be a fun way. Oh. It's probably going to be a, a, a cost of 
cost reduction. We got we got uh, Christian in the chat saying that it's the it's a new pod maybe. Yeah, it's a new pod. Ooh, I like that. A new fixed pod. Which I mean, that would be fun too. I know a lot of people have been hoping for Birthing Pod to come back and do some things, but I don't know. And then yeah, the you may cast target enchantment card from your graveyard this turn is going to be fun for those enchantress decks slash Voltron that focuses on enchantments. So we know Boggles is going to be excited. So one that I'm excited for, I want to see what this card is going to be. Is whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. Ooh. The spell slingers and any deck that has like Magecraft is going to appreciate this. Sounds like red card. I don't know. I'm going blue on this one. If it has artifact, well, I mean, red or blue, both this can is, be copy. My money is going to go on it's a straight blue card. Okay, you got because, straight blue. Because it's it's doing more so the copy piece. Fair. Red doesn't do much with that. It, do, it does do it a few times, but I... It, it's more known for blue yep. than red. So. And when I think artifact, as far as like if it's a permanent artifact and it has a color, I always think more blue. Okay, I'm in on this. I'm perfectly fine with having more yep. mono blue spells that do dope things of copying instances sorceries. So. What, are, what are you thinking, Danny? Are you thinking the red train, or are you thinking a different color? Um, I'm still leaning toward red, but I'm thinking, is it enchantment? Ooh. Can we talk about the fact that it is now confirmed that we're having enchantment creatures? I think that's kind of important as well. We're getting enchantment creatures again. Mm-hmm. Because the last time we got those was Theros Beyond Death. There's nothing enchantment creature-wise in Zendikar. Was in Zendikar. Nothing in Kelheim. Nothing in uh, Strixhaven. Is there any enchantment creatures in AFR? No. No. Okay, that so was that was a lot of equipment and all right, so yeah then then the fact that we are now having more enchantment creatures I feel is very notable and are we gonna get like a constellation kind of thing or is constellation just more Theros, that's you know? Theros. constellations more Theros okay because that because that's a lot of gods if we had a lot of gods in this set maybe constellations but there, we have Wade in the chat saying plot twist. It all leads back to Theros. So speaking oh, of Theros here, uh, with one of the one of the stories that dropped today, uh, there was art that was shown having Jin Kentaxis on it. I got um, my buddy Anthony in our little group chat between me and Anthony and Ben. All all I see on my watch is holy shit, Jin Kentaxis is in fucking Kamigawa. I'm like, holy crap. Then I looked and I was like, "Oh, some bitch! That looks awesome." The art does look really cool. Uh, we're not one hundred percent positive that means that he's going to be a creature in there, or if he's just like depicted on some art. I think he'll be a creature. It's safe to I, I do feel it's safe to say because especially after Vorinclex, like the Frexians are trying to make moves. Yeah. Um, from my understanding of the story, one of the reasons why Vorinclex was in Keldheim was because of the world tree and trying to get some of that god elixir and stuff. And so um, why Jin Kentaxis is on a plane with a bunch of uh, like kamis or gods and stuff, so maybe there's some sort of connection. Well, of, maybe they're trying to collect god power after what they saw with Nicobolus, you know, becoming the god pharaoh. Did they see Nicobolus? They, it, when in, I say that, I mean like 
they they saw it. They saw okay. the ramifications of what happened when he got power of a god. Okay, so they're just trying to like get all the power and do like their own like quote unquote elder spell. Yeah. Okay, I'm in on this. I'm in on this. So I was thinking about it, and I was because as far as us predicting what colors we think things are and what we think things might be, the legendary rule one. Oh, I think uh, it's just going to be a new version of Mirror Gallery. Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say. So. What if it's a mirror gallery? It could just be fine as a straight up reprint, right? Like, well, and it could, or be. would they reduce the cost? Because it's what five mana for it originally? Yeah, for a five color list. But I think because it only applies to your side, I almost think it would be an increase in the mana. There we go. Something. So maybe a six or a seven. And something with Shak- Sakashima on it. Yep. So there we go. We're gonna see some more. Or may or maybe Sakashima gets a printing outside of Commander Legends. Is okay. Okay. So. Again, from my understanding, uh, the original Kamigawa set apparently is a retelling of Tales, and there wasn't like that. That wasn't like the initial time of being nope. at cha- or being in Kamigawa. It's like at some point we were hearing tales of champion saviors and stuff, but it wasn't like the defined actual time. And now that we're in uh, Neon Dynasty, like could be telling old tales. And the, the biggest thing is like having creatures living from original Kamigawa to Neon Dynasty is going to be hard to believe. Again, Kiki Jiki being alive for 12,000 years. I don't think goblins have that kind of a lifespan. Uh, we had Hidetsugu, who was shown to be uh, eternalized by a demon patron that he worshipped and the demon's like, yo, eternal life, brah. And... <laughs> That's why he's Bruh. around. So, I mean, what's so hard, I guess, to say of, like, Sakashima or Kiki-Jiki to, to do the same thing to their colored patrons? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. We got anything else on hot takes on these on the teaser? Danny, anything? No. Matt, anything? No. Okay, cool. Also, it's not a barrel roll. It's an Aleron roll. All right, cool. Now I'm done. It's a what? We'll talk about it more later, but barrel roll is not what is actually done in the game. Do a barrel roll. That's what they say. It is what they say, but it's not the actual thing. I get it. But they call it a barrel roll, and that's what I was going for. Yo, Matt, you got a review for us for this Planeswalker album? Oh, oh, totally do. Okay, so uh, Planeswalker just dropped their full album, Tales of Magic, this last Friday, and holy balls, does it fucking slap. They dropped their 14-minute video on YouTube on Friday, and as of this morning... It had crossed 10,000 listens already, uh, and it just keeps going up. And, okay, so Oath of the Gatewatch is the song. I'll make sure to link to it below. It's very epic, very good. When uh, Ral, uh, when Rav comes on, Ari Voltier, he comes on, that was, like, my favorite part of the whole song there. And then when we get uh, Obnix, uh, Obnix, not Obnixless, Obnixless, yeah, Obnixless, where it's, cause of the cries. I was in, I was in. It's a great fucking song. It dropped. There are six songs and a cover song. I forgot when we interviewed uh, Jason and Sozos that they were going to have a cover on there. It wasn't until I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, that's right. So the album's worth it. It's 45-minute listen. Uh, you can go and uh, on their site, purchase the physical copy. You could purchase shirts, hoodies, all that as well. You can get the digital download or you can stream it on Spotify, watch them up on YouTube as well. 
it is very intense. I give it, it, it is very power metal. It, it, it's, 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 it's good magic meets power metal. Uh, they tell the story of Myria and they go into the, the Oath of Gatewatch with the Eldrazi and Tales of Magic just kind of like giving you a big grandiose. If you haven't listened to that song, it, it definitely feels like they're opening the doors to this whole magic world. And of course, they got, uh, they got the Forever Serpent on there as well. Remixed as well remixed as well Ooh. yeah it's a little different than their uh first release of it so i appreciate that uh it's still probably my favorite song the forever serpent just because it's like it was the first one it still slaps but uh all of them are are good highly recommend check them out links below have you either of you guys listened to it yet no i was just about to ask you you think it's a good lift heavy things and put them down album Oh, it it, it it gives you energy because it, it it gives you like triumph, a good feel of triumph, um, especially when it gets like to Oath of the Gatewatch. And then the Forever Serpent, that's just like, you're just like, yes, lifting. I'll listen to it tomorrow during my lifting session. Double dope. Yeah, you. Danny, did you listen to it? The audacity, sir. Jason's going to sick his worms on you now. He's too busy playing Candy Crush again. Back at the Candy Crush. The candy I desk. I haven't touched that game for a while. The crushing desk? Would you prefer the candy desk or the crushing desk? Both. Okay. Well, we actually had two other things in there, but we will cover them next week just because we did have a lot of news and we want to make sure we are respecting Danny's time because he starts to get a little little whiny if we go too long. Yep. Old man uh, shaking fist at sky kind of a thing. It's like, ah. I'm here for the beer, but I need the sleep. <laughs> so, Matt... Why don't you start us off with some of those weekly winners, yo? Yeah. Okay, so uh, jumping into the contract currency section, we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use is the amazing site mtgstocks.com, who comes out with a weekly winners article that talks about three to five cards of note that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winner article drops on Fridays. We record on Mondays. So if there's any price discrepancies between then and now, we will let you know. And with that, let's jump into this. So we got first weekly winner of this week. We have Frankenstein's Monster. I'll have to get the Oracle text on this because it is a card from the dark and has a very crazy... Uh, small text box and weird wordings. So Frankenstein's monster is black, black X for a zero one zombie. As Frankenstein's monster enters the battlefield, exile X creature cards from your graveyard. If you can't put Frankenstein's monster into its owner's graveyard instead of onto the battlefield for each creature exiled this way, Frankenstein monster enters the battlefield with a plus two plus O plus one plus one or a plus O plus two counter on it. This card has only been printed in only been printed in the dark. It is on the reserve list and it has jumped up 230% with an average price of around 82 which still holds true to uh, this Monday, but the market price is around $34 on this. So the fact that this is moving up, it says exile on it. Let's do let's do a round of guessing. Have you guys read the article yet? No, but I see it really, really boldly printed over there on your screen. Okay, okay. So it, it it's moving up because of Umbra's Fear Manifest in Commander as well. It enables that and also feeds into Gravestorm as well. So you just 
get a bigger Umbris, you're going to be drawing some cards, and it is moving up being a reserve list card is kind of notable as well. Uh, if you got these, check them out. Hold on to them. Keep an eye. Uh, use something like TCG Sniper to get notified when they keep moving up in price. Number two, we have Elvish Reclaimer, a card printed in uh, Core 20. This is a single green Elf Warrior 1-2. Elvish Reclaimer gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are three or more land cards in your graveyard. You can pay two, tap, sack a land, search your library for a land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. This card, as of Friday, jumped up 25%, chilling around $6 and some change. But as of today, it has increased even more. A market price of $8.92, an average price of $9.76. So more people are trying to sell them at that higher, but people are buying them. It's pretty close. They're starting to get matched here. Foils of Elvish Reclaimer are around $15. So this has only been printed in Core 20. It has the a promo practice promo pack printing with a little planes planeswalker symbol in the bottom right of the art and then it has a pre-release one where it's stamped of the pre-release weekend and that one is going for uh $15 alone the promo pack with the planeswalker stamp is around just shy of $8 so this card is moving up in price uh due to potential Kamigawa leaks uh so as always, we don't talk about unofficial leaks and stuff that happen uh, until they're official. Uh, I'm not a fan of giving the people that go snap pictures, post them up, uh, any online publicity for doing something that's kind of like, you're kind of wrecking all the effort that people put into here. But Elvish Reclaimer has been showing up in popularity uh, for modern decks, very rightfully so. You get things where you can like tutor up uh, a Bajuka Bog, you got fetch lands that just feed into Elvish Reclaimer, and the fact that you can just tutor up a bunch of different lands. It was really good when Field of the Dead was around, Field of the Dead is no longer around, but uh, in Legacy, you have Caracas as a way to, uh, you know, tutor that up, return legends and stuff. So Legacy works very well. It's a very powerful card, moving up in price, and it's moving up probably because of a Kamigawa Neon Dynasty leak. So, if you want to read about it, they do link it. They do talk about it in the article. Link it down below. Go check that out if that is something that interests you. Next in the weekly winners, we have Helm of Possession. Originally and only printed in Tempest, this 4-mana artifact reads, You may choose not to untap Helm of Possession during your untap step. You can pay to tap it, sack a creature, gain control of target creature for as long as you control Helm of Possession and Helm of Possession remains tapped. This card has jumped up 36%, now chilling around $9.95. But as of now, the average price has moved up a little more, around $10. Market price around $7.80. So Helm of Possession is, again, only printed in Tempest. It shows up as a very popular EDH rec card. Uh, a lot of a lot of decks included in, the, uh, in, in their 100 list and stuff. So it's just moving up as a notable card here no real intent i guess behind this but from there big g you want to give us the cheap pickups i do i'm quickly insulting chapman all right there we go so the first one up on the cheap pickups is the book of exalt exalted deeds out of afr currently it is at 507 and it is trending down 
Next one we got on there is Maniform Hellkite, and that is at five ninety nine. Slowly trending down. That is out of Crimson Vow. And Pick then, this one up. And then this one we've talked about this one in the past too already. Cauldra is at six dollars and slowly trending down. And oh, what was this one at? Oh, the, this one was pre-release was like seventy five bucks, wasn't it? Oh yeah. no, forty. It it was higher than what it is right now, and this is still a powerful mm. card. The fact that uh, it it you you see Stoneforge decks play it occasionally. Uh, it it kind of gets outclass not outclass. It gets traded out typically for the swords. People yep. deem the swords are better. Like you got Batter Skull and the swords. People played around with Cauldra when it came out because ooh shiny new toy. And Cauldra is an aggressive card. And I remember a lot of like modern talk was talking about it's like. You got Batter Skull and you got Cauldra as like your your uh, defensive and your aggressive play that Stoneforge can uh, get going for you. And to go on the Stoneforge path, I mean, the swords are nice because you can you know you pick the right three, and you can change them out based off of whatever you're going up against. So that's really nice. I do still like Cauldra in the deck because like we were talking about this. It's a powerhouse. I mean, it's a 5-5 five five just on its own because it has living weapon. It's indestructible. First strike, trample, haste, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. So, I mean, oh, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to chump block or I'm going to block because mine's bigger. Well, cool. You get one turn of blocking and then it's gone. So, there we go, yeah. Yeah, the thing is indestructible as well, so... I don't know. It seems really good. And uh, it this does have a sketch art as well, which is at $6.61. So not bad. And I do like that sketch art a lot better too. I dig it. I know sketch art is, is kind of hit or miss out of the Modern Horizons 2 cards, but that one, yeah, this that one's, one's really nice. But yeah, that uh, that would cover up the cheap pickups. So there we go. Ooh, I did forget to enter this in. This one was interesting news. Uh, interesting news that I saw. Uh, Card Shop Live, an affiliate with Channel Fireball. It's like Channel uh, uh, Channel Fireball Shop. That's not Channel Fireball. They are now accepting crypto to purchase. Uh, they specifically said Pokemon and MetaZoo cards. Okay. So uh, Bitcoin, and then you got Ether, Litecoin. Don't think Doge was on there, but it's interesting. A little bit of the bigger name ones right yeah. now. Bigger name ones on there. So I thought that was interesting that you got Card Shop allowing uh, cryptocurrency transactions. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. And wait, Matt, what if people are looking to pick these up cheap or know when to sell cards exactly? you can go check over our friends at tcgsniper.com and sign up for an account, make an account. And what you do at TCG Sniper, it's a price tracking site where you can enter in cards and get notified when they move up or down, uh, whatever you prefer. So Cauldra, let's say you want Cauldra to keep moving down. You enter that in and you said, I want, you set in, I want to be notified when it gets to $3. And then TCG Sniper will send you a notification when it gets to $3. And it does work in the reverse as well. So let's say you want Helm of Possession to become a $20 card before you start dropping, uh, start selling yours that you got. You can do that too. 
not only does it work for magic product, it also works, or magic cards, it works for magic sealed product as well. You can get booster boxes, deck boxes, or not deck boxes, but like sealed decks and stuff like that on there as well. And when you go over sign up, mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, and you will get three months free of their plus membership. What are we sitting at? What's the word? What's the verdict? 123. We're doing excellent. Okay. Hell yeah. So, into the Thoughtcast. So did you guys read the State of the Format article? I didn't get a chance to read it. I've been busy grading papers and doing um, paperwork for You know, Big G, stop having a job. (laughs) Stop having a job that allows me not to read articles while I'm doing my job. That would be the more important thing. Fair enough. I can watch videos and do that, but sometimes even that distracts me. So last week, Sheldon Menry dropped on Star City Games the commander state of the format for 2022, where he goes over what he sees, what he believes the format of commander is looking like, what it's doing, what directions and stuff that we can be uh, going from there to help improve it. And I figure we put this here in the thought cast because it brings up a lot of different points that I'm interested in getting both of your guys' takes on. Both of you guys' takes on. So since neither of you read it, I'll give you a, a quick rundown of what it pretty much goes over. Uh, Sheldon says that he believes that Magic is still, uh, that Commander format is in a really good spot right now, uh, being like the most popular way to play Magic, and it has been this way for a while. Uh, commenting on that they have achieved a level of success that we never intended or dreamt about. So, uh, getting into some of the the way that the the definition, not the definition, the 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 core, the state of the format itself, he goes over how uh, pregame discussions was one of the biggest things that is the takeaway from here. So, pregame discu- discussions in two different versions. There's a, a pregame conversation with trusted groups and a pregame conversation with an untrusted group which is an interesting thing. So trusted group and untrusted group is pretty much like friends and in... Uh, LGS that you're not used to. Yeah, people that you don't play with that much. Like a trusted group, uh, he they have defined as anybody that you are, uh, are aware of what is going on. You both have an accepted... Uh, so these groups are friends that play together or extended groups that... Uh, both enjoy playing with and have some personal investment in. There we go. It's investment what makes trusted and untrusted group a thing. And so it goes on talking about uh, pregame rule uh, rule zero conversations where you talk about like what your deck does, what kind of game you're looking to expect from there. And he feels that, you know, doing it with a trusted group is uh, is still in a good position. So before we move to untrusted group... Do you guys have thoughts, comments on that? Well, as far as like doing that rule zero conversation, I just quickly glanced over. I do. I, the one thing that popped out to me is that I hate your deck, guys. Um, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of a similar to the command zone effect, but more so in regard to like that rule zero conversation type of stuff out of there where the command zone talks about, you know, cards jumping up when they mention them. Um, I think the I hate your deck guys do a really good job at having those rule zero conversations because they don't come in with a, hey, I'm playing this deck, I'm playing this deck. They might have a, I want to play this deck, but I brought these two other decks with me too. And they actually, they display that, you know, rule zero 
conversation really well. And I think even with that group too, because they bring on people they know and they bring on some new people too. Like they had Posty on there. They've had some of the guys from Cobra Kai on there. And, you know, those conversations seem like really good. So I think when it's even even on people who maybe you're not familiar with, kind of throwing them into that trusted group where, hey, I want to play a fun game. I don't want to be a complete and utter dick. Um, I think that those people that you meet at LGSs, I think this kind of fall into that trusted group where they do have that investment in a good game and the health of magic as a, as a whole, where you do have those people that I'm going to win and I'm going to do what I can to win. So I might lie about my deck. I might oh, yeah. undersell myself. Oh yeah. I mean, I can do this. I can do this, but then they maybe neglect something or yeah. But every deck that Matt has, Hey, 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 hey. I, I never, can't win with this deck ever. N- well, two things. I can win with the deck. I have a hard time winning with the deck because I get attacked first all the time. Yeah, you so, play Infect. So, but I'm always clear and concise with what deck that I'm <clears> playing and what it does. But I don't know. I I do. I know the other week when the three of us played, we did have that conversation, even though I kind of did more of a Danny pick a deck box color. It's... I just pl- right now I'm just playing one deck. Yeah. I I have a bag of what do I have? 10 decks. Okay. So I get play different decks, but it's like I'm just going to play this one cuz it's cuz I know it's a very it can speed up the game quite a it, bit. You it can does. get more games in, it, which is it's nice. It's definitely a, a definitely a game accelerator. I can still win with it. Yeah. But it's a very lousy win. <laughs> sometimes though those lulzy wins are the fun that's you, that's those are the enjoyable stories that we sit and talk about that's that's on a, why on a streaming that's why magic now, game type of a thing so that's why now like it's it. like i think i'm just gonna play that one deck well and see then i'm kind of in a little bit different boat as far as like what deck i choose to play i want to i want to complete the 32 challenge Ooh, big aspirations yep and i'm at i think i'm at somewhere between eight and ten right now i have to double check but trying to get into more of a budget play for some decks like obviously over time i'll try to you know i'll still have a couple of those yeah i play this deck for you know more casual newer players um but then like like some of the decks you guys have played me against like holy shit some of them can be not fun like my liliana deck when if it wouldn't have gone up against another zombie deck. Could have been a completely different game. It's still <laughs> Christian. I'm down. You can throw it on the gauntlet anytime. We'll set up a time on spell table. You, me, Matt, and Danny. Sorry, he's popping up on Discord. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm looking um, at I'm looking at the Twitch chat right. I, I do not have Discord pulled. Up. I was about to say, for the most part, at least one of us has Twitch. One of us has Discord pulled up at all times. It seems like so. Um, but have those more fun casual decks. But then also have those. I am going to I am going to be the arch enemy type decks. Which if we get a game in tonight, I'll play one of those. I I, I feel yeah, I always got the arch enemy vibe. I posted that up on uh, fuck blue. I think it's more so the infect that makes you the arch enemy there, man. So uh Christian is wondering what the what is thirty two challenge? Oh, oh. Um, so the 32 challenge is having one commander deck in any and all of the um, color combinations. 
So you have your five mono colors. You have your sixth one being the the colorless type, and then all the doubles. So you know Celestia, Demir, Gruel, and then move to the wedges, and then you move to the the variations of the four color, and then obviously you only have one five color um, thing. So yeah, yeah, thirty two commander decks, thirty two. I'm not even close. That's thirty two hundred cards. It is, and. And some of them, honestly, I might, um, I might just do like one of those quick command zone twenty dollar budget upgrades to a precon. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll find because I try to, you know, because sometimes the precons have some nice things in them. Like we've seen with some of these older ones, like the Edgar Markov one. You know, if you would have bought it for forty bucks, you're making bank now. If you would have sold it because yeah. well, it's, it's selling for around three hundred. It's like bucks. the Rabo one. That was that was initially what thirty bucks, and now it's well over two hundred, if not close to three hundred. Yeah. So I think Rabo, yeah, Rabo, like that set for Commander was was very good. They're on steroids. Yeah, I remember the Dragons is pretty pricey, and that's where Edgar came from as well too. Yeah, and that it's that that set of five that just bananas on pricing because out of the box precons will wreck most Commander decks. Yep. But then they've they've started nerfing those and oh, yeah. making them a little bit more accessible to everybody too. But even just a twenty dollar upgrade, because what I was getting at there is when they do those big, you know, command. We'll have it coming up here pretty soon. The Commander twenty twenty two set. You know, I try to I just buy all five because one ends up being a little cheaper overall. Yep. Two, sometimes I those decks hold their value and go up, or yep. they have some cool cards like out of the. Uh, um, da, 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 the mutate monster set, Ikoria. Um, like they had all the when you have your commander cards. Yep, the so fierce guardianship being the mainstay of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then, so like some of those come in there, and it's like, okay, cool. I really want that card out of there. So maybe I'll get an extra copy of that deck just to take that card. Yep. Yeah, they're also just good starting points for exactly. Decks. Um, like I got a, uh, my buddy, I, I co-direct with, uh, the theater show. I've been talking with him about trying to get him to play magic more consistently because he used to play. He just doesn't have cards. Proxy. So, well, I was going to be like, I'm going to look when we're done with the show, because I know he doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. I can say this on the air. Um, I'm going to actually just get him a, I'm going to ask him a few questions and kind of get his archetype down of what he would enjoy the most and yep. get him a pre-con that fits that. So, fucking legit, man. Yeah, get him in a commander. Get him started. Get him started off in the deep end. Right. But yeah. The only true good investment. Well, and it really is. I'd say that modern and legacy are the three formats where you get into, and for the most part, things hold their value. True. So, I mean, modern, I'd say modern is the one that fluctuates the most. I was going to say that's the loose end of the yep. three. But legacy, mainly because commander is a. I'd say a variant of legacy when you think about it that way. Yeah. You know, it's the singleton version of legacy, but um, yeah, legacy and commander hold their value pretty well. There is a little bit of fluctuation from time to time with those, but very, very, uh, not very often, but very rarely is there fluctuation. And if there is, it's, it's normally in your favor. Yeah. Usually it's in your favor. So, I mean, modern, we've seen that like, especially now, if you haven't been listening to us and heard us say it enough, 
Um, go get your enemy fetches from Modern Horizons 2. They're very cheap, very expensive, and it's a good way to get those cards that you would need for Modern and Commander. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about uh, Marsh Flats and Arid Mesa both being sub-20. And then you yeah. got for Catacombs being in the uh, the mid-20s. And then you got uh, Steam Vents being in the high 20s. And I think Misty Rainforest is in the low 30s. On Scalding Turn. Um yeah, Scalding Turn, not yep. the events. Scalding yep. Turn. I think that, obviously, the ones with blue in it are going to be the more expensive ones. Yep, Fuck yep. blue. But, I mean, Arid Mesa and Marsh Flats have always been the cheaper end, too, where, like, when the Expeditions came out, even the regular versions dropped down to, like, that 20-ish dollars, so. Yep, I just picked up a Marsh Flats for one of my decks this week. Hey, there you go, buddy. Fuck blue. That's white and black, dude. I don't fucking care. Fuck blue. All I hear right now is that uh, I don't want to hear your opinion song coming from Danny's side of the room. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Soundtrack my life. So I thought it was, I'm blue, I'm a Dina. Shut up. <laughs> Untrusted groups. Now, Fuck that. Wait, 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 can I take this away from Danny before he gets a chance to say it? Sure. Matt is an untrusted person. He plays blue and he plays infect. He, you can't trust anything he says. Basically. Okay, cool. Go on, Matt. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Sheldon goes in the article talking about untrusted playgroups, and it's like it's not much that uh, you can do about untrusted playgroups aside from having that conversation and really sticking that expectation, but also uh, stresses the fact of if the people in, from the untrusted group are trying to pressure you into something that you don't want to do, just walk away and stuff from that there in an untrusted group. And again, untrusted groups are like those larger tournament style where they're not people that have an investment in you and your gameplay experience. And I guess if there's no comments on that, there's another part here talking about homogenization and speed. So yeah. um, um, honestly, you kind of hit the nail on the head. The untrusted groups, they, it's right there in the title. They're untrusted, but you don't know. You don't always know they're untrusted until you play with them. But then you kind of get a heads up after one game. So, yeah. So, well, and, and with with commander, I guess most groups are trusted due to the fact that you're usually invited into the group or the the pod by someone you know. Yeah. Um, you- unless unless you are going to like a commander night at an LGS that you're unfamiliar with, they may have connections to, but you don't know. Don't know everyone. Everyone that night that might be the untrusted group. Well, I suppose I suppose kind of talking on that aspect of it, Matt. You were the most recent one to go to a command night anywhere for us. Did you did you run into any of that, or did you mainly stick with people you knew? So you stayed within that trusted group while you were there at J Dubs on Thursday night. Uh, did play with somebody that I never met before, and I thought it turned out well. Uh, when we were talking about decks. Uh, the guy was like, hey, this is my uh, Grixis curse deck that Layla, Lena from Midnight Hunts, the, the the curse commander that came in the set boosters, was saying that that was it. And yeah, I, I don't know, I had an enjoyable game and stuff with that person. But then I played with a couple friends that like that was a mix. That was, a, I, I guess, a, a mixed group because uh, there I played with Noah and Zach and this other guy. So it's like two that I knew uh, in that trusted and then this other guy and untrusted. But I mean, 
know, I wasn't unhappy with how that game turned out or anything. So, well, I'd say that that group for you, there's just the one new person. So, I would say from your point of view, that's still a trusted group because you know, two two out of the three other people you knew, you trusted, you'd played with before. Yep. Whereas from the third party perspective, you'd be the more untrusted. Yeah, so we're it's the, definitely untrusted to our, towards him. So I think just kind of talk like if you're trying to find before we move on to game speed or anything. Um, if we're talking about like trying to find a way to balance that, you know, make it a, a two and two. So you and a buddy go and play with two other people you don't know. Maybe they know each other type of a thing, and may, I don't know. Maybe that could balance it out somehow because then, worst case scenario, it turns into a two headed giant. I was just about to say, here's my call for all uh, all players who want to play some magic: go play two headed giant with somebody that you are uh, that you haven't played with before and like if, if it was like Danny and I went to J-Dubs it'd be like then we find somebody else two other people and I would play two other giants with another with that other person and Danny would be on the team with the other person and we'd play against each other there not only is two-headed giant commander extremely fun but it allows you to like kind of be on the same page as this uh, un- untrusted person. It feels so weird <laughs> saying untrusted. It's like this unknown person, a uh, new person and stuff that you're not familiar with, someone that you don't have that investment with. But with a two-headed giant game, you are kind of like putting yourself in a position to be invested in them and actually uh, look to have uh, a more interactive, a more conversive game with that person. It's kind of like, you know, putting two people in a room and be like, here's a list, list of questions that you all have to answer and know about each other by the end of this. So have fun. Yeah. I, and like, I'm trying to think of like the, anytime I, the only time I feel like I've been a part of what I would consider an untrusted group is uh paradox. One of our LGSs in town did this thing called crazy eight tournament where they had kind of, you know, Back when Popper wasn't as popular, mm-hmm. um, you know, crap rare drafts. Uh, they did a few other things, but the one thing that they did was a commander night. And you essentially, you got randomized pairings where even if you knew a couple of the other people there, you know, it wasn't guaranteed that you would be in their pod that yeah. round. Um, and it, it, this one, I think I've talked about this story before where um, it ended up being, it ended up being two rounds two or three rounds of potting and then it broke into finals. Basically, if you won in your pod, you got a spot in the finals. So obviously first round anyone can anyone can get in. But then second round, you play with another pod, maybe someone in your pod has already qualified and you've qualified, so you guys can team up together to go, "Hey, we don't want Danny to qualify for the final pod." type of a thing. So that was a very interesting thing. In fact, I think uh I think Wade and I where we start the epitome of us joking around that Noah is the self-reclaimed EDH God <laughs> um, was that night because I think he was playing his mon- one of his mono blue decks and both both Wade and I are playing Naya decks. He's playing his Earl the Mist or yeah Earl the Mistwalker. I'm playing my uh, Myel Spin the Wheel Angel deck, mm-hmm. and we just go. In Naya, we trust kill the blue <laughs> because Wade had already qualified for the the final pod, and and th- then we're just like, okay, cool. And then we get to the final pod, 
and we've got a guy who basically is running a, uh, a laboratory maniac deck, but it's in the 99, obviously. Yep. Um, a guy who's running a storm deck. We've got Trevor playing mono red goblins. We've got me playing Naya angels. We've got Wade playing Mistwalker, and obviously the storm deck and the blue deck are going back and forth at each other. Um, the guy who's playing the storm get, gets pissy. He hates this other guy too. <laughs> we found out after the fact. Oh, he just man. they hated each other. Oh man! Uh, one of those like bitter rivalries that just spans the end of time type of thing, you know. End of the or well midway end of the story there. Laboratory maniac wins, but as the card states, you just win the game. Nobody else loses. Yep. So one, a judge got called over because as he's you know self milling, he comes across a proxy card. Oh guys, I'm sorry, it's a proxy. I have the actual card. It's in my binder. I just forgot to put it in there. And he looks at, are we good? You know, I'm fine if you guys aren't fine with this, yada, yada, yada. So this is where I'd put that guy into a trusted group. Playing, hey, guys, we didn't talk about if proxies were allowed, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I have the card. That's all I play with. I can go get it. And this would be the closest thing I've played to a sanctioned commander event. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. There would be some mild rules there. Yeah. Um. So I'd put him in the trusted group because he's – Pretty straightforward. Hey, I'm sorry. It is in another deck. I proxy cards just because for me, it's my duels. Like the OG duels, I proxy those because the, the original sit in a safe, double sleeved, in a hard shell. Right, I do so. it because I'm cheap. And there's that I don't want to buy the actual cards. There's that, that option too. <clears throat> or, I have other or, or you're testing it out or something like that. Or yeah. you just you can't find a third copy of something. Yada, yada, yada. So Storm Deck gets pissy. Well, well, he told them what I was playing, and Trevor and I played this guy round one. We're like, we knew exactly what the fuck you were playing. You beat the shit out of us. We were coming after you no matter what. He had nothing to do with it. We played you. We knew what deck you were playing. Don't try to blame him. So this the guy that's playing the freaking Storm deck, I would put in the untrusted because... He's playing Storm. Well, not even the fact that he's playing Storm or anything like that. It was honestly just more so his attitude. He oh, wasn't yeah. invested in making this a fun game for anybody, even though, yes, there was a prize at the end type of a thing. But so that goes off. Storm deck guy just starts packing up his shit. Oh, fucking, fucking, fuck, fuck, whatever. We call the judge over and we're like, so, so I mean, he just, he wins. We didn't lose. He wins, mm -hmm. and I think there was like a second and third place prize. So we're like, do do we just restart, or can, are we allowed to keep just going where we're at because he didn't affect our boards? Yep. With him winning, judge goes, do what you guys want to do. Stormdeck's guys still just sitting here like, I'm fucking rabble, rabble, rabble. Oh my god! Packs up a shit, leaves. Noah, Trev, and I are not Noah Wade. Trev and I. Sat and stared at each other. So whose turn is it? <laughs> and we just and we went about our day. And like, yes, there was that mid kind of sour patch of the story, but then it runs into the um I know Wade and I say it a lot of the time, in the words of Naya, it resolves. So that's where that comes that's from. That's where that it comes from that night and the okay. Noah being the self proclaimed EDH god. 
the more inside jokes we know. Exactly. There we go. So sorry to derail that, but I mean, we're talking about commander, so. You got it. You yeah. got it. But we were talking about the speed now. Uh, the speed. Yeah. Speed and homogenization of it. And this, uh, in, in this part of the, the article, Sheldon talks about, uh, the homogenization in uh, a couple different ways of must plays and less desirable effects. And so must plays like soul ring, arcade signets, yeah. uh, command sphere, things like that. And then the, uh, the, 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 the less than desirable effects of being like the homogenization of not ha- of running the less than the desirable effects of like, so it's just, you just see more cards. Okay. Like that kind of a thing. I right? gotcha. Uh, the example here, uh, believing they need the certain cards, uh, perhaps those staples among them in order to play the format. And pretty much they go about like, uh, Sheldon talks about like, they don't want the game to be homogenized to that point. They want more of the ladies looking left style decks where someone made a deck of all cards that are depicting ladies looking to the left. When they're looking for stuff like that, more out there, fun style decks than, and, and and this was actually brought up on the MTG Goldfish podcast today, if I'm not mistaken, or was it last week, uh, where they're talking about uh, how EDH Rec could be uh, not good for the format because it's giving players all this data for whatever decks that they want to make to optimize to the best way to play this deck and you get to see a list it's like well all these other people are running these cards clearly this is the best clearly this is the best way to do it and 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 stuff like that like we're in a world of where deck lists data is like at our fingertips at the same time i almost i almost disagree with that because i mean yes i don't i don't like I'm going to build this because I saw it on the internet and it looks cool. At the same time, sometimes that ends up being fun, like group hug decks. That's how I got group hug. But like, and that's the thing, like, hey, I'm going to make this fun, cheeky lulls deck. Yep. And I want it to be the lulls version, not an optimized version. So it works both ways. Yeah. The ever important uh, battle of net deckers versus brewers. Well, and, and here's... The, but that even just taking brewers out of this, just strictly talking about so, net decking. So with that comment of net deck versus brewers, you, even with EDH rec, you could technically go straight from EDH rec from their top picks, but technically you're still brewing your deck. In you, some you, manner, you're, speaks, you're yeah. just you're just using someone else's notes per se, and getting a final deck f- of your ch- of your choice. You are choosing the cards. You aren't taking a deck list from tapped out like we all all used to do that someone literally wrote down a tapped out deck. Like, hey, this is my deck. Okay, well, I'm going to copy that deck card by card. I'm just going to take it. That's net decking. EDH rec isn't really... Like yeah, you're 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 getting a percentage of hey, this card is heavily played within this playstyle because of the percentages. That's what EH Rec does. It doesn't give you straight up deck lists. Yeah, it does. 
You, it, 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 do, can. it, it can, yeah, but yeah, you can you find sh- deck lists and stuff there yeah, as well. Oh yeah, for sure. You can you can find deck lists everywhere. But I'm just saying, with if you're just going off of hey, I want to use this commander within this play style, and then it spits out the top synergy cards within that play style for that commander. That's not really deck teching or not a net decking. It's it's deck teching it, with help. Yeah. Well, and what I was gonna say there is, yeah, honestly. It's one of those things where you, it goes one of either two ways. You can either do the tapped out version. I'm going to copy this exactly, you know, true exact yep. net decking. Yep. But in the in the argument for EDH rec, because I really do like EDH rec, I use it a lot as far as like, okay, I want to build a landfall deck. How can I, how can I either one optimize it or Avoid optimizing it so that way it can be more of a casual deck. Yep. That way you avoid, like, the EDH rec can show you what combos people are running. Yep. And then you become familiar with the combos and be like, oh, I definitely don't want to run that combo then. Or you'd be like, across the board, it's like, oh, I see this combo going off now. Uh, and then you know how to go up against it, which is the cool thing. It's It can only help the game because even if, even if you tapped out net deck something mm-hmm. that doesn't guarantee it's going to run the same oh, every single time for sure yeah <laughs> my group hug deck because that's that's exactly the reason why some a lot of decks yes i have this main theme it's it's you know landfall but then i have a sub theme mm-hmm. of elementals whatever it happens to be so then you have two different things you know oh danny or matt uh pithing needled one of my main cards i don't run that card um for you know, one of my main central pieces that just makes my deck worked optimized, optimized for the number one build of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the one, number one style, the number one play, um, and whatnot. But I, you know, I have the secondary one which doesn't rely on that. So I don't know. I, I'm with Danny. I'm kind of against the. I'm gonna copy a deck. There's a time and a place for it, but if that's all you do is copy the deck, then yeah, that's your style of play. I get it. Maybe you don't want to be the fun, cheeky, I'm going to make a lulls brew or a jank brew for yourself there, Matt, yes. type of thing. Because you're, you, you've you even said it on the show, I like being the jank player. I like throwing this together, but I do want to start winning more. So that would be the point where you start looking at, okay, here's my color scheme. Here's some of my main cards. What are some of the other things I could put in to optimize it? And that's that's obviously talking about your modern stuff because that was what we were talking about the other week. But, I mean, it's the same thing with Commander too because as Commander gets more popular, more popular, more popular, there are going to be more sanctioned events for it. So Yeah. And also, uh, Christian on discards, like, also, without EDH rec, how are you going to know the, what, 30 million different cards that Magic has? 35 million. I was was I didn't want to plagiarize him. <laughs> you didn't want to tap out deck him exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to copy my statement word for word. But I and that's the other piece too. Like on e, using EDH rec, I found cards I didn't even know about because they haven't shown up on I hate your deck. They haven't shown yep. up on Command Zone. They haven't shown up within my play groups. So it's, it's or just they haven't shown up for ten years. Exactly, that's the other piece too. And I mean, it's just it falls within the play style. I want to play this deck in. Cool, awesome. 
Yeah. Hey, but it's at it's at a one percent, so not many people are playing this. Mm-hmm. That can change in three months. Right. And it also comes to I'd say that maybe some people don't know how to use a uh, w- like a Scryfall or a Gatherer as search engines to yeah. to to look up cards. But and like that's knowing the phrase of how to like I'm looking for a card that when a land enters do X kind of a thing and how the properly uh, syntax is. So so speaking of that, that's so much work you have to do. Exactly, and like newer so plays, much work. Started. It's it it's not even for not even for the new people. Even even those who are veterans of the game don't want to do that. I'll go to EDH yeah. Rec over Skyfall and Gather every time if I'm looking for yeah the a specific of, archetype. I, I go access. I go to go. I go to Skyfall if I'm looking up for just a card. If like hey, I know this name and that's the only reason I go to Skyfall. It's for the card and maybe the like check what kind of printings or the price. I know I'm the person that's uh, so. So there's this. Uh, do you got a different standpoint for us? For, uh, my standpoint is the way that I do a lot of my decks is that I go to Scryfall first. Like I th- have a card or a thing that I want to do in mind, and then I do the advanced searches and like try different words in there to like see what cards fall in that category, make a list of that, and then go from there. Uh, whether it be for EDH or for modern and stuff, so. I'm 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 a little backwards on what is the most popular way to be looking up of whether it be through uh, goldfish deck lists for modern or EDH rec for commander decks. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You're just weird. I am. You like to make things hard for yourself. I do. I like the challenge. But then we we also have Christian in the Discord going. Uh, forced partition would be his example. He used EDH rec. Or- I did. Or you did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that was a Danny. No, one. Christian didn't know about the card. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And that's an example of uh, EH Rec might not have shown a card like that since you saw it in person. Yeah. So. Saw it in person. Well, video to, 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 to what it could do. It'd be like, ah. And that's one cool thing about Magic as well of like seeing other people's cards that they use that are like under the radar or something that you haven't seen before. It's a lousy win card. Lulzy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with Wolsey win card there, do you guys have any other final points that you want to have on like trusted, untrusted groups and EDH homogenization? Don't trust blue players. <laughs> Solid standpoint. Trust, trust players. Um, trust go, players, just not blue players. <laughs> no, go into it. Go into it being honest. You know, if you want to have fun, you know, have fun. If you want to win, make that clear. Hey, you guys, I. I would like to put up a good fight for winning, and I want to win quick. And you can even say, hey, if this game ends quick because I play this CDH deck in a casual group, then I'll take it out. I just wanted to play this deck. Gross. I just wanted to play this deck um, (laughs) because I haven't played it in a while. I just want to beat your ass. We're talking about the guy complaining about people interrupting him, and here he is. We're at that point in the night already. Yes, we are. Danny has turned. But, I mean, then you can go, hey, this could potentially be a three-turn cycle game. And then we can play another game, and it can be more casual and fun. I would just like to play this one. And it all goes into that honest rule zero conversation. So Nice little bow on that. So I think we're going to move to the end of the podcast here, if there's nothing else to add. So thank you. 
thanks to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 122 of this week in NT mtg want to give a big shout out to you for making it to the end uh, your listenership means a lot to us making it the end of this far the time the commitment to listen to us just talk blows my mind that you that, that you want to do that uh, we also want to give a big thank you to our patrons who think that this content is worth sending money to and supporting uh, we also want to give a big thank you to our sponsor jado sports cards and gaming for sponsoring us and make sure to hit them up for any of your magic related shopping needs now if neither of you have anything else you want to add to this i got i had my piece during the the ending of us talking about the state of commander danny i'm going to speak for him he said his piece at the end of that as well fuck blue and there he goes again and with that magic folk we will catch you next week Bye. See ya. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Sounds thrilling, Matt. Tell us more.